faith is greater than feelings. Faith is greater than feelings, and I think that's even applicable in a time that is as a challenge politically, as a challenge and a tumultuous, that faith is greater than feelings. And before I even jump into to my notes, I wanted to share the very core of the heart of why I wanted to share this. I don't know about you, but I have definitely been stuck or have, have been caught up because of my feelings. And what I mean by my feelings is not just I feel sad or I, I mean your deep feelings of what you believe about yourself or what you feel about yourself. I can remember days waking up and thinking certain things and just, it was so hard to push through those things. I want us to be a people that are faith-filled, not feeling-filled, because your feelings are unreliable sources to be led by. Regardless if they're right or they're wrong, feelings we cannot be led by. And too often, I think we can be led by feelings. So this is going to be a two-part series. This morning, what we're going to look at is, is first and foremost, how do we recognize if we're walking in faith or feelings? How do we recognize if we're walking in faith or feelings? And the essence of, of what that looks like. So I always like to start with a story. Archer's not here, but Bennett is. He loves basketball, too. Archer loves basketball. Dad is so proud. It's probably just because I don't allow them to do anything else, right? That's the only game we have. You go to my house, there's no toys. There's just one basketball. No, we've got a lot of toys. My boys love basketball. And Rosie and David have just recently given Archer a little, uh, like, like a little shoot thing, like a, a basket. And uh, he's probably made six million shots since they've given that to him a couple weeks ago. This boy, he's going to be better than Caleb, I tell you. Archer loves basketball. And so it's so funny, and he's even playing basketball on the Wii right now, too. And he's finally figured out how to slam dunk on the Wii, but the problem is he doesn't want to do anything else other than slam dunk. So, and he, yeah, so I'm, this boy loves it, and we have got one outside as well. And so the funny thing is, though, he loves it a lot, and he plays it as, as much as he can. But when, when he plays me, he wants me to block him sometimes. And then other times, no, I don't want you to block me now. And then sometimes when we're playing on the Wii, I try and get out of his way, but it, but it steals the ball. I can't control it, and it takes the ball right from him. He gets so mad. He gets so mad. He, he, he dropped the Wii controller and just walk out of the room. Like, he, he doesn't even have a reaction anymore. Or if, if I block him when, when it wasn't supposed to block him, like, Dad is in trouble. The interesting thing about when Archer gets in his feelings is it takes him out of the game. Literally for him. He, he literally leaves the room, and he, I don't know where he goes. But I'll tell him immediately. I say, Archer, if you have that attitude, Daddy's not playing with you anymore. You should see the smile on that boy's face as he comes right back in. He comes back in, like, immediately, like, no, I'm cool, Dad. And probably about one minute, he's walking right back out. I, he's going to wear the carpet out with how much he walks in and out. When his feelings lead, they literally take him out of the game. And I want to suggest to us that when our feelings lead, the number one thing that they do to our detriment is they take us out of the game. When our feelings lead, they take us out of the game. And you can look at that in light of the election. When our feelings lead, they take us out of the game of actually making a difference that we want to make. Next week, I'm going to be talking about how to overcome the feelings or how to overcome where you're, if you're stuck in it. But this morning, I want to look at the life of Saul, because he's someone that probably was in his feelings more than he 
more than he wasn't in his feelings, more than he was led by faith. And I think there's some great insight to recognize when we might be in our feelings. And specifically, what does faith look like and what does being in our feelings look like? So let's start in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 9, 16. God is talking to Samuel here. Tomorrow I will send you a man, and you shall anoint him to be prince over my people Israel. He shall save my people from the hand of the Philistines. And when Samuel saw Saul... The Lord told him, here is the man of whom I spoke to you. He it is who shall restrain my people. Samuel told Saul, today you shall eat with me. And for whom is all that is desirable in Israel? Is it not for you and for all your father's house? He's saying, you're the man, Saul. Saul answered, am I not a a Benjaminite from the least of the tribes of Israel? And is not my clan the humblest of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then have you spoken to me in this way? As we're looking at where Saul, and, and Saul throughout his entire life, I mean, he's, he's almost as, as sig- significantly walking in and out as Archer does of our house when he's playing basketball. Saul does the same thing in and out of his feelings the entire time, at least in his kingly life that we're aware of. He's constantly walking in and out of being faith-driven or being feelings-driven, being led by feelings or being led by faith. It's his entire life. He's such a good case study on it. I literally laughed um, when I was reading a part that I'm going to read out soon. But this is how Saul feels about himself. So before we go and look at him coming in and out and, and recognizing what does it look like when he's feeling that, We have to see what is it that he feels about himself. And this is the heart, and this comes up again and again and again. He says, am I not a Benjaminite from the least of the tribes of Israel? And is not my clan the humblest of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then have you spoken to me this way? He feels the least and he feels the lowest. Saul feels the least and he feels the lowest. But Samuel anointed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed you to be prince over his people Israel? And you shall reign over the people of the Lord, and you will save them from the hand of their surrounding enemies. This is how God sees Saul. This is so important to start with the foundation of, when we're talking faith is greater than feelings, we need to know what each of them look like. And so what each of them look like as we're starting, feelings looks like Paul sees himself as the least and he sees himself as the lowest. Faith is that which God and how he sees you and what he has spoken over your life. And what he's spoken over Saul's life specifically is he has anointed him to be prince over Israel. He's going to reign over the people and he's going to save them from the hand of the surrounding enemies. That is the picture of faith and feelings is the picture of what Saul just said. I am the least and I am the lowest. That is how God sees Saul. And it goes on to say, Samuel tells him, you're going to see a group of prophets coming down from the high place. They're worshiping and prophesying. Then the spirit of the Lord will rush upon you and you will prophesy with them. And I love this. I had to go into Bruce Billington's office and talk about this and be turned into another man. You will be prophesying with them and you will be turned into another man. I think outside of Jesus, we can't actually step into faith. But when we come in to 
In Christ, we have been turned into another man, another woman. There is a new identity outside of our feelings that Jesus has purchased for us. And here's, here's the crux of what we're going to look at this morning. But we have a choice to walk in it or not. And what we're looking at this morning is how do you recognize when you are walking in your feelings? We have a choice to walk, recognize it or not. Um, I, I don't know about any of you. Angie and I never have any disagreements. Uh, we've got probably the best marriage. Uh, we have disagreements sometimes. And, and sometimes my emotions will come in. Angie's emotions never come in. She's, she's a saint. But how many of you can rec- when when your spouse, when your significant other, when a friend, when a loved one, whoever, are they the first ones to recognize you're getting upset or are you? I don't know. Maybe some of you guys are sanctified and holy and you recognize, oh, I just crossed over into anger. Let me step back from that. <laughs> Angie will tell me, Jesse, why are you upset? What do you think my response is? I'm not upset. I, I mean, you guys might have a different life than that, but I, that's where I find myself is that she's recognizing oftentimes before me that my emotions are leading where I'm going. And then usually when I look at myself saying, I'm not upset, I realize I might be upset. Our feelings are sometimes quite hard to recognize that they're the ones actually leading recognizing when we're in our feelings. We have a choice to walk in it. And if we don't recognize them, we're not going to be able to choose to walk in that. And Saul is truly a case of somebody that stepped in and out his whole life. I don't want to focus on the negative this morning. I do want to focus on the positive. The first, I think, point of what I think faith looks like is this. Number one, faith is present. Faith is present. When all the people, and this, I'm, I'm in... Uh, 1 Samuel 10, 21, when all the people were gathered and they sought Saul to anoint him king, he could not be found. So they inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, behold, he has hidden himself among the baggage. I love that. Saul is hiding in the luggage, in the baggage. I wonder how deep he was, you know? Like, was he just hiding behind it, or was he like, how many suitcases did he have on top of him? Faith is present. Then they ran and took him from there. And when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upwards. And Samuel said to all the people, do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? There is none like him among all the people. Do you see Saul in his feelings again, hiding in the baggage because he feels the least and he feels the lowest? Once, it it wasn't until Saul was present that he could even see the faithfulness of God play out. This this is the thing, I don't want to suggest to you, and next week we'll look at how do you overcome your feelings. But we're not even talking about trying to conquer your feelings. We're talking about what does faith look like. Faith is present. What your feelings can do, like we've said, is they take you out of the game. There is no way you can walk in faith if you're not present. God has an assignment for you. If you don't turn up, there is no way that you can see his faith-filled promises come up. 
And it's not a choice. You're actually being led by your feelings away from that opportunity. That is the thing that I think that, we're, that I have experienced in my life. When I've missed some huge chances or opportunities, it's been when I've been in my feelings, and, and I can use maybe the same thing. Am I the least and the lowest? Who am I to be in this position? Each of us have different feelings that come and go that determine and lead where we go. Faith is greater than feelings. It wasn't until Saul was present that he could see the faithfulness of God play out. And I, I don't know if it's as drastic as hiding in the luggage for us. But I even wonder if we can be present, but our feelings can still make us not present. Disengaged. Is it guilt? Is it shame? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it pride? Because when all of those are leading, I can be having a conversation with Isaac but I can still not be present. I can still be missing the most out of what God wants to do here because my feelings are led. And that's what one of the things that I want us to look at as we look at faith is present is saying, when I'm engaging with Isaac, am I present or am I actually somewhere else? Am I being led by faith or am I being led by feelings? I, I think a, a really practical example for me, and I've probably shared it before, is after a long day of work, after Ann and Bruce have just been driving me rugged, I come home, and you know one of the hardest things for me to do is to get out of my feelings to make sure that I engage with my boys. It's, it's a struggle almost every single day. I, I literally have to... To, and I'll talk more about overcoming next week, but I have to make this step in this transition to walk into and out of my, sorry, walk out of what my feelings are for that day. I just think if, if I didn't do that, can you imagine how many days would go by and how many months would go by and how many years would go by when there would have a dad in the house, but he wouldn't be present? Once Saul was present, he was now able to be declared the chosen one. And that no one was like him among all the people. He was the man for that job. And this is, this is something I wanted to just encourage. You are the one for that job that God has called you to. You are that one. But if you're not present, be it even physically or emotionally or spiritually, if something's holding you back because you're being led by something else, you actually can't step into that thing that God is wanting to bring you into. When you're being led by pride, anger, confusion, you can't step into it. You will not be able to see the promises of God over your life come to pass if you're not present. Number two, faith is steadfast. Faith is steadfast. Fast forward to Samuel 1 Samuel 10, verse 26. Saul also went to his home, and with him went men of valor whose hearts God had touched. But some worthless fellows said, we don't talk like that anymore, worthless fellows, said, how can this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no present. But he held his peace. We're, we're beginning to see the seesaw that is Paul, from in his feelings to in his faith. But he held his peace. And I would suggest to you that that is what faith is greater than feelings looks like. When people are naysaying to your face, but you're able to hold your peace and carry on. And what I want to show you, what happens immediately after that is Saul's greatest victory. 
or not his greatest victory, but one of his immediate, his, his, his immediate victory. Saul then immediately goes on into his first major victory over the Ammonites. He was unwavering the entire time. It says that the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and he had righteous anger, and he went and he addressed the people that um, had been speaking ill, but he did not bring punishment on them. He was unwavering in it, and you know what happened? This is when they actually went and physically made Saul king. As he was walking in faith, and he wasn't, how easy would it have been at that time to have gone into into his feelings of the least and the lowest? But he was driven by, it says he held his peace. He consistently, steadfastly, unwaveringly stuck to what God had called him to do, and he carried it out exactly as he was supposed to. And it says, And there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. He was steadfast in the face of naysayers. They didn't get a reaction from him or deter him from going to the left or the right. Faith is steadfast. Faith is unwavering. But our poor guy Saul... Fast forward a couple chapters, and that, that was the thing that inaugurated him as king and into his calling. Fast forward a couple of chapters to, ver- to chapter 15, and Saul has just defeated more enemies, but he has compromised on some of the instructions that the Lord gave him. And it says in verse 17, and Samuel said, though you are little in your own eyes. Though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission to consume the Amalekites. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. Uh, First little point. When when I worked for Geico, um, it was an insurance agency, one of the first things that we would train people on is to never try and discuss details once somebody was emotionally involved. Because as soon as somebody got emotionally involved or emotionally compromised, the logic center in their brain goes on holiday. It takes a break. And that's such an important thing to see as far as the practical nature of why we can't be led by feelings, because there is a logic center that shuts down. And you can see this in Saul. He's not thinking straight. Though you are little in your own eyes. Do you see the pattern for Saul? Is this anything new? I think that's, what an interesting statement that it's not something new that's coming after Paul. Saul, we've got too many Bible, Bible characters. One of the things that I think we can too easily dismiss is recognizing that it can be this core issue, the same thing that keeps coming back to us, and it can become so a part of us that we don't even recognize that we're being led by those feelings. Are you not little in your own eyes? The same thing comes back. But I love Samuel when he says, Are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord is the one who anointed you king. I love, it's such an interesting thing to me that Saul doesn't even recognize that he has disobeyed the Lord. He says, I, he tells the prophet, I have obeyed the Lord. He doesn't even recognize that he's, he has disobeyed him. And Samuel reprimands him and says, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he, he has also rejected you from being king. Whew. Feelings have taken him really out of the game. 
I have, and then Saul says this, I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. It's amazing to me to watch this journey of Saul, to watch this seesaw of where he comes in and he goes out of his feelings to being led by faith. And why did he leave this time? Why did Archer walk out of the room this time? Because he was afraid of what the people thought. Notice when he dug deeper, he realized, wait, I didn't obey the Lord. I'm actually in my feelings right now. It was fear of others and what they thought of him. His feelings had truly taken, taken him out of the game completely. Last one is this. Faith is at peace. Faith is present. Faith is steadfast. And faith is at peace. We're, we're going to go to when David comes in. There was hard fighting against the Philistines all the days of Saul. And when Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he attached him to himself. I love this picture because Saul is completely at peace, going out, out of his way even to connect with other strong, talented men to achieve God's purpose. That's one of the ways that he actually succeeded throughout most of his reign is he was attaching himself to those that were strong. He was attaching himself to those that had abilities that were other than his own that were able to go further. That is a man who was walking in his purposes because he was at peace with himself and he was at peace with where God had called him to be. But look at the comparison and look at him jump right out the room again. And, and we're going to 1 Samuel 18 verse 5. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. Saul's the one sending him. So that Saul set him over all the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. You know that scripture goes on to say that Saul loved David greatly and that he even became his armor bearer. These two guys were, were, were boys. They were tight. These guys were so connected. Why is that important to look at? Because we have an individual who is able to walk out the purposes of God when he was at peace. But we're going to look at him jump into his feelings again. And that same thing is going to come back again. When he was, and, and this is the thing. When he was able to do so, it was good for all people and all of Saul's people. When he was able to walk in peace in regards to who he was and be attached to these strong guys and to not be threatened by them, to not be in his feelings, it says it was good for all of the people and it was good for all of Saul's people. It's such a picture to me of what we can walk in. When we're walking in our feelings, we literally are taking ourselves out of the game. But when we're walking by faith and we're walking in, that, in peace in faith, we're able to see the purposes of God achieved. When David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women sang to one another as they celebrated, Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry, and this saying displeased him. Somebody should tell him he might be upset. He said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? And the scripture says, and Saul eyed David from that day on. Saul eyed David from that day on. Here's, here's what I want to share with you. I'm going to go back to the, the picture of Archer. 
When he has a clear picture of who he is and what he is capable of, he is at his best. When Archer is focused on having the ball stolen, he leaves. I wonder, and I want to submit to us, is how many of us are more worried about the ball being stolen from us? How many of us are stuck in the fact that we feel we're the least and the lowest? How many of us are stuck in in guilt of something that we might have done? All of those are feelings that compromise and take you completely out of the game. What is the picture, and we're going to go a lot more into this next week, of who God says you are, and is that the thing that is leading you? So how do we recognize if we're walking in faith or we're walking in feelings? I think these three things. Faith is present. Check yourself to see, are you present? Is there something that's like, it's just not letting me actually connect through? The next thing, faith is steadfast. Faith is unwavering. I love that. There's no questioning in the kingdom of God as to, am I supposed to be here or not? If you're questioning... Check yourself where you're at. Why are you questioning? Looking at, are your feelings leading you to a place of, of, are you questioning something there? Faith is steadfast. The last one, faith is at peace. And I think this is probably the largest indicator of you being led by feelings as opposed to you being led by faith. Are you at peace? If not, don't, we, we have to recognize it as quickly as possible so that we can get right back in the game. I just picture a whole group of us just walking with a big smile back in, like saying, Dad, please let me keep playing basketball, right? That's what I think we need to do with our Heavenly Father, is when we lose peace. And when we lose peace, and when we're, when we're wavering, and when we're not sure, and we're not confident, and when we're not present, there is no possible way that you can achieve what God has for you. I think the lie of feelings is that when we get angry, there's something that says, I'm going to get mine, Something wrong was done. There's something about feelings when we're depressed that it feels like, actually, this is right. This is, I need to feel. I've been hard done by, and I'm not negating feeling feelings. I think it's so important. We're not even talking about negative or good feelings this morning necessarily. But when we're led by feelings, when they're the things that are leading us, and how subtle can it be? How subtle could it be that we're in our pride and we're not going to help out over there because, hmm, I just want to see them not succeed? Or is it, is it that we're challenged? Who knows what it is? Let us not be led by our feelings, but what has God called you to? What has he called you to be? If he's called you to be an encourager, then don't reserve that for people that you like. If he's called you to be an environment changer, which he's called all of us to, then look and see how are you influencing the environment around you. If it's boring, Churches, Jesse's message is way off this morning, like, oh, man, come on, Jesse, lunchtime. What did Tim Clark make today? Push through that because God has called you to change environments regardless of where you're at. Push through your feelings. What has God called you to be? And I love that there's this duality with Saul's life specifically. He's so clear when, he's, when Paul thinks he's the least and the lowest right from the very start. When God says, you are my anointed one, you are able to do the job that I've called you to do. What I want to submit to you today, we can't do the job that he's called us to do when we're being led by our feelings because it puts us in a place where we're physically in, incapable of doing that. 
don't, don't negate your feelings. Identify them. Where do they come from? But go down to the level of where Paul, Saul probably needed to go to and say, I feel the least and the lowest right when I started this whole, this whole shebang. Faith is steadfast. Faith is present. Faith is at peace. Those are road markers, I hope, for us to recognize, you know what, actually, I'm not at peace right now. How do we transition into overcoming those feelings? We're going to look at next week. Okay? Bless you heaps. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you so much for this group of people. I thank you so much for the life that they carry. Lord, I thank you so much for their smiles. I thank you so much that you have equipped them and you have called them to do so much, Father, in this city, in their families, and their workplaces, Jesus. Lord, I pray that they would truly begin to start recognizing when we're walking in our feelings. Lord, I pray that this place, Lane Park Church, becomes such a hub of encouragement because we're people walking in faith that we see what God has called each each of us too. Father, I pray that we would break and fight against the things that are feeling-led, Jesus, that would put down, that, Lord, that would, for whatever reason, we don't want to be challenged by the Davids. We want to connect with the strong people, Jesus. Lord, we don't want to be stuck and hiding in the luggage in the back. Father, let us be present. Father, let us be unwavering as to what you've called us to do. Jesus, we ask that your divine spirit would come upon us in a new way to be led by faith. Father, this week I pray that you would give each person in here a fresh revelation of who it is that you've called them to be. Lord, let us hold on to that and be led by that above all else. Lord, we speak that we're moving out in might in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Bless you guys heaps and give Luke a high five on the way out for all his work.